and welcome to episode 91 of the Retrospectors podcast, Res. My name is Patrick Arthur and I'm joined as always by my co-host James Turlings. James, had you heard of Res before I chose it for the episode? I don't know actually. I feel like I've seen this game before in screenshots around the place, but I'd never played it myself definitely and I'd never really engaged in you know, any meaningful discussion or reading about it online or that kind of thing. Yeah, I was, um, basically we did our episode on Star Fox 64 and I was shocked at how good that game is. Like, it's actually a fantastic game. And I think that in large part it's because it's a rail shooter, a genre that has basically become extinct. So I immediately started hunting for more rail shooters because I wanted to experience something like it again. And while there were a few options, uh, Sin and Punishment, um, Panzer Dragoon Saga was the other one, Rez really stood out to me when I watched a YouTube video when the um, the music started thumping. It reminded me a lot of uh, Audio Surf, a game that I loved to pieces when I was younger. So I was very excited to do this second round shooter as a um, kind of a different take on what Star Fox 64 does. Yeah, it's a, it's a very different game. It's kind of hard to even say it's the same genre in my mind. Uh, it's just a very abstract experience by comparison, whereas Star Fox 64 was quite a you know, a fun little gameplay title. I think Res ends up being, you know, more of an experience kind of game more than anything. Yeah, an audio-visual experience rather than a pure game. <laughs> I was having an argument with someone about... um what it is that defines video games as opposed, you know, and if walking simulators are video games. And I think that we could just call all the things we love audiovisual experiences, but it's just not quite as snappy. I think that the experience of playing this game is closer to a walking simulator than Star Fox 64 in some ways. Absolutely, yeah. And we, we'll definitely get into that more when we get into the gameplay uh, discussion because I basically agree with you. So for those who haven't listened to us before, James and I make the, the Retrospectors podcast. Each and every fortnight, we review and discuss uh, classic games of the past. Um, critically, this is not a nostalgia show. We're not here to appreciate and understand these games in the context in which they are produced. We simply play and review them and critically discuss where they succeed and where they fail from a modern context. So, um, yep, that's that's what we do. And as we've alluded to, this fortnight we played through res so to give you guys a little bit of background about this game so you understand the basics it is a rail shooter developed by united game artists and it was first released in japan in 2001 for both the playstation 2 and dreamcast um there's been several other versions released you've got a version for the xbox 360 called res infinite uh, sorry res hd and then it later saw releases as part of a virtual reality release for PlayStation 4, Windows, and the newer Xboxes um, called Res Infinite, which is a fairly pricey title, all things told. So James and I decided to emulate the PS2 version. If you're going to play the old versions, there's two main versions, the PS2 and the Dreamcast version. Both have their benefits and drawbacks. Um, we went for the PS2 version because it has superior FPS. It runs at a solid 60 FPS for the entire runtime or most of its runtime. The adventure of the Dreamcast version is it looks better. Um, so it just depends what you value more, what the best version was to, is to play. Um, did you experience any technical issues, James, or did it run smoothly for you? Uh, no, I had no issues with this one. Um, when you say it looks better on the Dreamcast, could you give us me an example of that? I actually haven't seen that version of the game. 
I guess what I'd say is it seems to have sharper graphics and brighter colors. Um, the PlayStation 2 has this unfortunate thing. We experienced it a bit uh, with Sly Cooper that we did last episode where it can look a little blurry and out of focus. And it's not it's not horrendous by any means, but the moment you boot up the Dreamcast version, you can immediately see some more, you know, vibrant vibrant colors, which which makes sense. I mean, I think that's one of the things that the Sega consoles are famous for. And would you still value the FPS over that? Man, it's so hard to say. I think at the end of the day, because of my background as a PC gamer, I am allergic to low FPS counts. Like it's something that really, really bothers me and is very Mm. noticeable. I think that if you've come from a classic console gaming background and you're less, I guess, hyper aware of the FPS, you should go for the Dreamcast version because the visuals are a very important part of this experience. But but for me, I I just can't say no to to double the FPS count. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty nice, right? <laughs> yeah. I think both versions are completely fine to play and they both have their merits, but for me the PS2 version was the way to go. So we're going to jump into the discussion and one of the things I like to do on this show is we've never let our structure be set in stone. We always feel like the best thing to do is to have the game itself dictate the structure of the discussion because games are radically different from one another and they are aiming to achieve different things. So where I want to start our discussion, James, actually is the aesthetics it's the uh what this game looks like and what this game sounds like and move into what this game feels like later on so to start with res i think we need to start with what this game looks like and what this game was trying to achieve and we're going to start with a lit with an artist by the name of wassily kandinsky i'm not going to give you an art lesson here that's not what this show is about but Having a basic understanding of this, I think, is important to understand what Res is all about. So the main thing to know about Wassily Kandinsky is that he was considered a pioneer in abstract art, um, particularly the painting in his later years, and he was a proud proponent of a philosophy in art called synesthesia. So synesthesia is the idea that we can express and visualize audio. And this is a condition that some people have, like when they hear certain sounds, they associate it with certain images. But what he was trying to do with a lot of his paintings was he was trying to represent audio through visuals. And in a lot of ways, you could say that Res is trying to achieve that exact thing. So what Res looks like is very interesting. The idea behind Res is that you're a hacker trying to infiltrate a malfunctioning AI system, and to do that, you go into cyberspace. And cyberspace is represented through an abstraction of different human civilizations depicted in neon wireframe. For example, level one is kind of like Egyptian themes, and level two has Indian themes, and so on and so forth. But the fundamental thing about these levels is that it doesn't feel like Egypt. It feels like an abstraction of Egypt using this cyberspace theme. Now, it's a difficult thing to explain, so it's helpful if you have a look at it to kind of get what we're talking about. James, on a baseline level, how did you feel about how this game looked? Because we've played a couple of games that are dabbled in cyberspace and depictions of the internet. Um, System Shock 1, whose cyberspace sections we both load, and uh, Mega Man Battle Network, which uh, I bloody hated the <laughs> what I thought was very unimaginative depictions of the internet. Do you think Res does a better job of capturing an idea of what cyberspace is like, or do you think it's another swing and a miss? 
now that you bring it up, I think it's basically exactly the same as System Shock 1, except 100 times better, right? Um, it's almost yeah. like the same direction. Um, so at a baseline level, I'm not blown away by the visuals in this game, um, like from a graphical quality standpoint. Well, I do think that they're timeless. What I do think that makes them really stand out and stay with me after playing the game is how kind of dynamic the visuals are they're constantly moving and changing and mm. you know moving to the beat and you're constantly changing scene and everything is shifting around you it's like the presentation of the visuals and the way they're used and the way they constantly move about the screen really looks fantastic particularly with the boss fights i feel like a lot of effort was put into each of these levels to make it visually like engaging and constantly dynamic like as you're playing them from start to finish i can completely agree with you this is actually one of my points but when i was trying to get a screenshot for this game to post to twitter i kept taking screenshots and going this doesn't look good this doesn't look good this doesn't look good you have to take like a gif or a webm right you can't take a still image it's not what the game is it has to be in motion and it, it's not just that the um like as you're going through some of these areas the the city will literally be tapping in beat with the electronic music that's playing. I think that thing you brought up about the um, the change in scenery is a really important part. Every level is divided into 10 layers. Each of those layers can be like 20 seconds long, maybe 30 to 45 seconds long, and then it shifts as you go down a layer. And every time it does that, you're getting a change in scenery and perspective. Yeah, and it's a very rapid fire. Like like you said, the whole environment is dancing to the beat as well. Like a still shot does not capture any of that. Um, my favorite part of the visuals probably is always the transitions to the bosses. Um, for example, mm. you know, in the Egyptians themed level, the, le the normal level gameplay with the enemies will stop and your character will zoom through these huge Egyptian pyramids which are you know hugely detailed in this wireframe aesthetic and I think that they've done such a good job of making these transition periods look really cool. The other thing that comes to mind is that perhaps a lot of gameplay mechanics were sacrificed in service of these visuals and I think the best example of that is the almost cinematic control that the camera has with you being unable to control it one of the things the game does and this is uh, one of the ways where we can compare and contrast it to Star Fox 64 is that you don't actually move around the screen very much you're kind of like on a fixed rail and while you can move up and down slightly you're mostly staying in a straight line um and what will happen is that as enemies move into your peripherals the camera will automatically shift to target on those enemies and i think that having by by giving the camera and the player giving the camera more control the player less control it's better able to deliver a specific um audio visual experience whereas if you had total control over the camera and your movement you wouldn't have such a fine-tuned experience yeah and i did appreciate that it's not like an absolute control you can still rest the camera away from the mm. you know the game and turn around and look in the other direction it's just that most of the time, you know, you don't want to do that anyway because enemies will be spawning where the camera is facing generally. So, you know, most of the time I was happy to let it take control for me. And I completely agree. When they get to control exactly where you're looking, they can spend, you know, their time and effort in different parts of the scenery come to life. 
I think they managed to make a lot of it look really cool um, by the fact that there's lots of empty space in this game. Like, you're almost floating through a massive black void mm. um, for the most of the game with these bright neon wireframes kind of, you know, dotted around it. There isn't a lot of detail in the environment outside of these, you know, these buildings maybe constructed of wires. Um, but what is there they've put a lot of effort into. I did have one criticism of the visuals, James, so I wonder if you'll feel the same way. Did you find that a lot of the enemies kind of were just spaceships? Because I felt that while there was a lot of creativity in these abstract depictions, and the things you're fighting are viruses, so it makes sense that they'd be more mechanical than... um then you know maybe inspired by biology like uh like in other games i still found that too many of these enemies were just literally spaceships for all intents and purposes and while that's perfectly appropriate for star fox 64 i thought that maybe it depicted a kind of a bit of lacking of imagination uh it improves a lot for the boss fights but for the actual enemies you're fighting uh yeah i wasn't super impressed this did occur to me a couple times during the gameplay. Like, I think um, the game usually has a pretty cohesive direction about it. And this is kind of like the one place where that's not the case. Um, I, you know, don't know what's linking these enemies to the rest of the overarching... I don't want to say narrative because it's a very loose story here, mm. but the like the cohesion between what you're seeing on screen and the enemies you're fighting is just basically non-existent um they're very low detail uh you know where they've made some really cool looking wireframe objects the blocky enemies kind of you know stand out as a bit ugly sometimes in com in contrast um i agree that the boss fights are all like mostly look really cool i in particular point out the running man i guess i'd describe him it looks insanely cool i i don't even know how they how they built that it, it looks like they've individually animated every single like square in its body it looks like something out of a pixar film or something it's it's utterly mad super impressed by that yeah, they basically have like a collection of a hundred little points that um, are all moving in sync to make the shape of a running human, but it like morphs and changes into a snake and it jumps around. It, it looks amazing um, in the fight and you kind of have to, you know, shoot at the, the, the weak point that's nestled in the center of all of them. Um, that fight, that whole fight looks incredible. I don't know how they made it. Like, it, it's the <laughs> kind of thing that if I saw this in a, you know, in an animated film today, I would still be impressed. Like, it looks that good. <laughs> yeah, and I think the last level two manages to have some really cool set pieces. Um, the, the final boss kind of looks pretty cool. And I think the whole... Um, there's kind of like a tonal shift, I guess, between the first four levels and the final one that I thought they mm. did fairly well. But, you know, on the whole, I think it's a pretty good game. It, I don't, it didn't like knock my socks off for the entirety of the experience. I think that there are some parts of the game that look worse than others, but there mm. are, you know, enough single points that are stand out in my mind pretty strongly for you know what is ultimately a pretty short game that i'm pretty happy with it and uh as we kind of suggested earlier it is difficult to just talk about what this game looks like uh not just in screenshots not just in motion because this is a very cohesive audio visual experience so with that james we should talk more about 
the music and the uh, the audio and particularly the music and how that kind of shapes the uh, the end experience so uh the music here is electronic music um a genre that i don't necessarily like listen to a lot in my spare time or anything but whenever i hear it in video games i i generally love it like fury has one of my favorite osts of all time it's just banger after banger of electronic piece and i think that the music in this game is is very good um i think that track three is the weakest the one for area three but outside of that i think that they're all excellent and my my favorite was area five by far uh did you like the music james yeah so i'm actually not that high on it to be honest um one of the things that really annoyed me throughout the game and this will bleed into the gameplay discussion a bit was that I felt that the music's intensity generally took far too long to build up to anything enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, you spend the first half of every level with barely, you know, a, a fairly slow beat with a lot of the sound coming from your inputs on the game. My absolute favorite part about the sound in this game is that basically I only have two buttons, right? Like you can look around with the analog stick, um, you can press the fire button, or you can hold the fire button and you can lock on to a bunch of different enemies at once. And then when you let go, it'll fire like seven missiles or something at it. But on the every time you press the fire button, it kind of like plays like a drum sound. And the sound is slightly different for every single level to fit in with the music. Um, and what they do is whenever you press the button, they kind of snap the sound effect to the nearest quarter beat. So it's still in line with the overall beat of the level. So if you're like rhythmically tapping the button, you're kind of like making a drum track to the song that's playing. And I just want to point out, you will rhythmically tap the button even if it's not optimal when playing this game yeah i don't know if you were doing that but absolutely I because, yeah and it's such a cool example of like incentivizing the player to engage with the game you know not purely to you know beat it um because i definitely did that constantly in fact i was getting frustrated actually that there often weren't enough enemies um to you know keep the music flowing nicely so i would just start tapping on the button maybe it's intentional that there aren't enough enemies to encourage you to do that but i was definitely hammering on the button constantly um i do think that they didn't do a super great job with the hold down um so depending on how long you hold the button down it'll play different sound effects depending on how many enemies you locked onto and I mm. felt like they could have better suit because, you know, the drum sound is tailor made to the song, whereas I felt like the other sounds weren't. And that stuck out like a sore thumb to me. It's almost like they should have been rewarding you for getting locking onto eight enemies with some cool cascading sound effect, right? I kind of like view it as a, like they're each a different instrument, right? It's up to the player to figure out when to use it to make the song cooler, almost. Um, Just going back a second, I just want to say I completely agree with you about how long it takes to build up, uh, because that's something that immediately distinguishes it from Fury. Like the songs in Fury are good immediately. Like they're good and engaging immediately. This one, yeah, those first few layers are actually pretty bad just because there's not enough going on. Um, 
with the audio and i understand the need and want to build it up but they could have done more it looks to... good it's just that i felt like a it's lot of the slow. level yeah it's too slow and the payoff at the end wasn't cathartic enough like it doesn't get louder or you know crazy enough to justify how it's like so much build up with no climax in some of these levels See, that's interesting because I felt that by the time it was getting towards the end, I was really into it. Most, some of the levels, I think level three, eh, level one definitely does when the big disco ball boss starts spawning and doing its loud sound effects. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, um, I just, um, I found myself tapping my feet in, like I was, I was sitting with my feet up on my desk and as I was going through the level, you know, pressing A rhythmically, I was moving my feet back and forth, getting really into it. So yeah. I'd say the final like two minutes of each song, I was totally on board and loving it. Except as I said, for level three, which kind of had a harsher tone to it, but I, I kind of didn't really vibe with it too much. Yeah. One other thing that I think is maybe a misstep is that, you know, as you collect items, your character levels up. Um, and this actually changes the sound effects that you play when you do the charge up. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the, yeah. so there's like six levels or something where your character is different and plays completely different sound effects. And some of these are a lot better than others. Like I'd say the middle like three are all great. And then the first, what like the default mode and the last two, they just usually don't fit in with what's you know playing in the background very well i found and i found mm. it like actively like i got hit a couple of times to level myself down so i could <laughs> make better music uh, <laughs> which is kind of funny that i'm like purposely because that's that feels to me like the main draw of the game is getting to immerse yourself with the with the music rather than just the gameplay and that to me is the strength of this game now I think they could have done this better, actually. Sometimes it worked really well and you could get off a whole chain of like sound effects and make the song sound really cool. Other times you basically felt like um, the game gave you a snare drum and a single drumstick and said, go make a song. Uh, and it doesn't really work. Um, I felt like if there was more buttons with more sound effects, because one of the things I wanted from this game was that after I played it, I would go onto YouTube and I would look up, you know, people doing each stage perfectly and that I would be blown away by the the songs that they came up with. Uh, that mm. that was not the case. I really didn't notice a huge difference between what really good players were doing and what I was doing. Um, and I, that's disappointing to me. It kind of like, I think mechanical gameplay depth, I don't really care about whether this game has that or not, but this is kind of critical to the experience for me. And I think replay value kind of hinges on your ability to get better at like playing the levels as music. I kind of get what you're getting at. This isn't like a tight masterpiece. Like it doesn't feel like you're perfectly producing this brilliant piece of music. It's more that it's more almost jazzy, not, not jazzy, but it's more about a general set of vibes and it doesn't always, yeah. it's not a perfect composition. I will say that I found this less critical than you. Um, and I think that for me, 
particular as I was getting to the latest stage of these levels, it was almost like I was in a trance as I was playing through this game. It's like I was vibing with the beat and I was shooting things and pulling things across the screen and just yeah. kind of like fully immersing myself in the experience. And I think that if you can kind of relax a bit and just try and do stuff, you'll have a more fulfilling experience than if you try to play this perfectly. Because you're saying someone with perfect mechanics could create this beautiful symphony but i don't think when you play this game you should be trying to master the gameplay i don't mean master the gameplay as in killing the enemies i mean master the game as in like tapping to okay. the beat ignoring the gameplay and going for the music aspect yeah, you need something more complicated though in order yeah that's to do what that. i mean yeah. yeah and don't get me wrong see i think this criticism i have like I think they could do better, but at the same time, I haven't really seen a game do something like this before. So, you know, it's easy to criticize it for not going further, but at the same time, like, what other game does do this? Have you ever played Thumper, James? No, actually. So, yeah, Thumper's like a... It's not too far removed from this. It, it It's not a rail shooter. It's like a rhythm game that kind of looks a bit like audio surf, where you kind of sync uh, movements like uh, jumping over things and sliding against walls to the beat. And it is a fantastic game, like really, really good. But I think that it does lose something when it starts to get into those later levels and starts becoming more and more complicated and there's more and more moves you need to pull off, which is why I think that it's kind of a self-defeating prophecy when you make these games too complicated they kind of lose their simpler more immersive side where you can just chill out and play them i don't think they should make the game harder or anything i just mm -hmm. think that there should be more buttons that make different sounds <laughs> <laughs> just just for the sake of making sounds yeah and, and that's yeah. fair but yeah thumper and maybe audio surf a little bit are the only games that really tap into this space but thumper's definitely the closest mm. all right well how about we give people you know something to listen to then as it's such an important part of the experience we were um we were talking about this we're probably only going to be able to fit in one music break now i want to do what we did for space channel 5 and play basically a whole level for you guys it's probably going to be a bit longer than normal, probably like four to five minutes. So feel free to skip ahead if you get bored. But I do think that doing this is the most accurate and honest representation of the game. So what I'll do is I'll record, you know, me playing through one of the levels. Patrick, do you have a level in mind? I was thinking maybe just like the first or the fourth one. So my favorite level was level five, but I think that level one it's is too probably... Long. <laughs> I think, yeah, level five is too long. I think level one's the best one to go for. The other thing we'll do is we won't just play the soundtrack because every time you shoot, it makes a noise. Every time an enemy dies, it makes a noise. And that's an important part of the composition of the audio. So James will just rip the audio directly from the gameplay to give you a more accurate idea of what it actually sounds like. Yeah, and so hopefully you guys get a good idea of what the game sounds like. So without further ado, this is Rez.
what an easy game. I blasted through that level pretty quickly. <laughs> um, I just one other note about the music. I think that Area Five is my favorite soundtrack because it kind of it's the closest one to hip hop, and hip hop is a genre I do listen to in my spare time and a genre I really enjoy. And I think that with the way it uses audio samples and everything, it feels like an electronic hip hop fusion. So I I think that most of the tracks are good, but I just want to single out that one even if we don't get to play it for the show that was by far my favorite i do enjoy it i do think it's a victim of its length though that it's a very long level compared to the others and i think it drags on a bit in places but Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's kind of worth it like i really like the build-up once you get to the the end and you have to do the all the bosses in a row and then the final boss but i felt like they could maybe condense it maybe trim some fat and it would have been a bit snappier it has my favorite enemy death noises where they kind of say uh they say a line they go fear the mind killer or at least the start of that and then that fear the mind killer sound uh it comes through as an audio loop actually later in the track so it's just it's just very cool um, but your le- level one's a good re- better representation of the whole soundtrack. I kept thinking of June every time that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it's referring to, right? Yeah, like, right. yeah. We should talk about gameplay, shouldn't we, James? Yeah, yeah. well... This is a video game, isn't this it? This is a video game. Um, and if I was judging Res as a video game and not an audiovisual experience, I don't think I would say it's a very good one, to be honest. I'd say it's a bad one. Yeah. Like, it's so interesting coming from Star Fox 64. So, Star Fox 64, you have so much control over your vehicle. It's not just in terms of where you aim, it's where you move and the synthesis of those two things and the you alternate have, paths and yeah the, the level design gives you alternate paths so it's not even just the moment to moment gameplay in Star Fox 64 that's so good there's this whole amazing meta progression thing as you go along there's a lot to keep you hooked even though the game is you know an hour and a half long you could easily do six playthroughs in a row and have a compelling experience every single time Res is so simple and while that is a good thing from a audio video visual point of view as we were kind of talking about beforehand in terms of how compelling this gameplay actually is it's kind of brain dead right yeah and don't get me wrong i was i did two full playthroughs of this game and i was you know happy to do it because i think that the audio and the visual music carries pretty spectacularly Mm. and the enemies are really just fodder for your uh (laughs) your latent music talents but uh no they're not very engaging are they uh the boss fights i think are actually quite engaging and quite Mm -hmm. fun but the levels themselves are so boring um i think that i probably wouldn't care to do a third or a fourth playthrough like the first two was fine that added up to maybe three hours maybe four total but more than that, like, I have no reason to play the levels again. Let's hone in on why that's the case. So I think the first thing to talk about is the sheer size of your reticle. It's bloody massive. It's easier to hit the enemy than miss the enemy, even if you're waving your thing around the screen randomly. So it's never even remotely challenging to aim at enemies. The other thing is that you just are not facing a difficult combination of enemies and if you kill enemies quickly they are literally posing no threat so the better you get at the game the less interesting it becomes the way what happens with most enemies is they come on the screen they sit there for a while and then eventually they might shoot a projectile at you sometimes 
if you're good at this game and as you play you get better you just kill the enemies before they shoot any projectiles and there's no never any threat and you just sail through the entire level without a single thing being shot at you so it's like the game's deliberately designed to become less interesting the better you are at it i just wish there was more enemies honestly not even as a challenge i don't really I don't think I want a challenge out of this game. Um, I just wanted more enemies to shoot and make noise with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, th- there was times where I was impatiently tapping the button to make noise. Um, I think there could have been more here. Do you think part of this is maybe due to the music choice? Now, obviously, I don't know much about the history of electronic music, but this does very much feel like electronic music of the of the late 90s which tended to be a bit more slower pace than a lot of the more modern electronic music which has which is you know ridiculously fast stuff like carpenter brut and so on and so forth yeah maybe i don't know i just felt like they wanted the game to be quite accessible yeah Um, sure that that could be it as well yeah i feel like this game could have benefited from difficulty modes i think that's a very noticeable absence here like i feel like um mushihime sama style difficulty where you just do the same levels with different patterns would be great like mm-hmm. if i could play this game with like three times as many mooks to fight great awesome i'd be happy to do that and it wouldn't be too hard like a lot of the enemies you know some of the enemies are synchronized with the visuals um, but I feel like a lot of them aren't, and you could probably just put them in. I don't know. It just it was fine while I was playing, and I was very content while playing the game. Um, but uh, it's not a game I feel compelled to play again to master or anything like that. A couple of other things they could have done. Um, they could have had enemies with more erratic movement patterns. There are a couple that start weaving and bobbing and it's a bit more engaging, but they're very rare. Most of them are just kind of sail into place and sit there. And they could have had enemies that kind of... The enemies tend to come in formations and you can normally snap the whole lot of them just by drawing a straight line across the screen. If they're coming in weird formations, then it would have been more difficult to, I guess, optimize your movement from enemy to enemy. But yeah, it's just all too simple, all a little too boring and unengaging. And thank God for the rest of the game because as James said, if we were evaluating this game on its gameplay alone, it would be a complete failure it's just there's just not enough that's interesting here i do think the bosses are all sick though like i love all of them um they're all the the bosses do all of that everything i said they've got more interesting patterns um you can't always just draw a straight line um they'll shoot lots of projectiles at you like they'll shoot a bunch of missiles at you that are coming at all ends of the screen there's one where you're getting chased by a zillion missiles you know the one with a big server in the middle (laughs) like it's it's intense they all have so many phases too they all have like four or five phases Mm. like they change up what's happening on screen constantly it's like the boss will change shape completely because it's an abstract cyberspace monster and you'll just you know you'll shoot its hand and then it'll transform again and then it'll turn into a room like it'll just expand into a whole room and then you'll start doing these like 
mini game fights inside of it. Dodging, dodging those lasers, like all of the lasers that start yeah. appearing on the outside. <laughs> it, they're, they're unique gameplay experiences as well as, as you're playing through them. So yeah, I, I agree. I think that the boss fights are, are interesting and if they could get the rest of the level up to that standard, it would be a far more interesting gameplay experience. Yeah, so on the whole, like I really like the boss fights and I'm pretty content with the main gameplay sections but it's so it's carried so hard by its audio visual and again the boss fights the music is just at its best during those fights too so um those high points you know definitely worth the um the cost of the slightly duller uh early level for me for sure because this isn't a very long game right we i probably beat the whole thing in about an hour and a half maybe one, two one hours. to two hours yeah and i mean once again this is something we've talked about before this can tremendously work in a game's favor when we're discussing should you play this today if a game's 30 hours long and it's doing the same thing over and over again it's hard to recommend it if a game's two hours long and that's the entire runtime it's much easier to recommend it so yeah. if this game was 10 hours long uh it would be and it was just the same thing over and over and over probably wouldn't recommend it but at two hours it becomes a lot easier so with that in mind patrick do you recommend res i do recommend res i think res is a fantastic game um entirely carried by its audio and visuals but they're so damn good that the mediocre gameplay is less important and in a way this is a game that doesn't need great gameplay and there would have been a lot of danger in it having more complex gameplay detracting from that overall audio visual experience i think it's definitely worth a playthrough and maybe two if you're absolutely entranced with it um but i'm happy with the time i've spent with it and i don't really want to revisit it because that gameplay is a bit too simple but for its runtime it's very compelling i was engaged and even entranced as i was going through it and um i i think it's a great game it's not as good as Star Fox 64. I mean, at the end of the day, I still prefer the deeper mm. mechanical fidelity of that game. But um, as an experience, it's one that I'm glad I had. I think Res is a pretty good game. Um, I enjoyed my time with it. Whenever I played it, I you know, wanted to play more of it. It wasn't the kind of game that when I wasn't playing it, I was thinking about coming back to playing it constantly. But for the two hours that I did spend with it, it was pretty fun. Um, I think they could have done some more in interesting things with the music side of things. I think they could have given the player more buttons to press, more music to make. And I think they could have filled the screen up with way more enemies than there were. However, at the end of the day, Res is an experience that most of us aren't going to find anywhere else. And what is here is pretty good. With uh, the boss fights being actually pretty exceptional, I'd say all of them were, you know, a brilliant um from start to finish even those alone are just worth the price of admission so at two hours i can absolutely recommend this game it doesn't overstay its welcome and what is here is pretty fun and engaging um just don't expect it to be you know uh, mechanically intensive or interesting and i'm looking forward to any game that takes up the mantle of res and eventually builds on this um we're seeing yep. a bit of a renaissance with uh many old classic games seeing spiritual successes in the indie space this seems like a game that's perfectly primed for a for a spiritual sequel and is they could something really fantastic could be made of it with you know more modern electronic music like can you imagine fury or maybe not fury maybe that's too intense but yeah but you see what i'm getting at like something fantastic could happen with this yeah i think the simplicity is part of the is part of what makes it work um mm. 
there's a fine balance where if you go too far it becomes a bit chaotic but that's true yeah but the point is come on come on indie game developers stop slacking <laughs> i agree okay so that about wraps it up it's a short episode but it's a short game so don't need to talk about it for endless hours on end um as we said before we are the retrospectors podcast um you can find all of our content on our website which is rspodcast.net it's got links to all of our social media a bunch of articles we've written and a bunch of all the episodes we've done we're up to 91 so there's an endless array of content there most importantly we've got a link there to our discord server our discord server is where we do all of our interaction with our community we also take game recommendations and we would love if you would drop by and say hello James, what are we doing next Fortnite? All right, so we've done a really short game um, in order to clear the way for finally my long game. I think the last one I did was, God, a long time ago. We just kept getting, you know, a lot of guest episodes and things like that. But finally we get to play, you know, a nice 30-hour RPG again. And um, we got asked a while ago to do one of the Fire Emblem games. Um, so I had a look and I thought that, you know, based on what I read around on the net, that the best place to start was Path of Radiance, um, another GameCube title. We always love doing those here because Dolphin is just the best. Um, so we'll be playing through that on the Fortnite. I've already made a start on it. And, you know, I think there's a lot to say and I'm looking forward to the episode. I think we're going to disagree quite a lot. <laughs> well, we both started playing through it. I I think you'll find that we might disagree less than you might think. It's just you and I have de very different approaches to how we play these games. But, you know, that's all the more interesting. <laughs> I will say, um, I guess, a couple of spoilers for a couple of basic impressions. The first thing is that I think that if we're going to do a fantasy RPG that's, you know, got a heavy military component... I would far prefer to have the protagonist be part of a mercenary company than be a band of young adventurers. That's already a big, a big tick in my <laughs> books because I've long held that if you're going to try and tell a fantasy story in a world where, you know, there are large armies, it makes sense to have the people and the protagonists in relation, have, have a strong relationship with the army, even if they're not in the army. And I think a mercenary company is a much better place to do it. So just from square one, the world building, it feels like it makes so much more sense than something like Luna. I don't know if you feel the same <laughs> way, James. Yeah, it kind of does. I like the, I like the framing it's all behind. There is... Oh man, I got so mad before at a bit of hypocrisy from the writing, but we'll get to that next um, <laughs> fortnight. But so far, my impressions of the game are positive. Um, I I just love any game where you can spend a lot of time uh, out in base with characters. Yeah, um, and I guess what I'm saying is that I, I've started to realize it's not the focus on characters that I object to in JRPG. It's kind of like the structures in which they're placed. And if it's inside mm. a mercenary company in the midst of a war, I'm like automatically on board. And and while there are some like minor nods to, so while there are some, you know, silly things like the fact that Ike, the leader of this mercenary company is what, like 15 years old and he's completely inexperienced. I think the game actually has enough 
nods to the fact that he is inexperienced like inside the game that I can kind of go yeah that's okay the game's kind of acknowledging it and it's a game so it's abstracting his lack of experience with these nods and uh, yeah so far James I'm far less offended than I was expecting to be nice well we'll find out exactly how offended that is (laughs) um, next fortnight when we do Fire Emblem Path of Radiance until then see you next time see you then 